It's unnecessary roughness. Shotgun snap to Stidham. Lobs near corner for Adams. Makes the grab in the corner. Touchdown Raiders! An absolutely perfect pass. And Adams dragged his feet in the back left corner for the Raiders lead with 10 seconds to go before halftime. All I can say, Jason, is wow. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Here's your boy Q. 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 And here we go, Raider Nation. We're back at it. Unnecessary Roughness. Raider Nation Radio 920 coming off the heels of the JT The Brick Show. Also coming off the heels of the first joint practice with the 49ers there in town today at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. It was a lot of fun being out there. And I'll tell you what, it didn't start out with a lot of fun. Pulled up to the facility this morning, getting ready to hear from head coach Josh McDaniels bright and early at 745. Rolled up around my usual time, around 720. And it was packed like sardines. I'm trying to tell you, everyone and their mother rolled into town. So, of course, uh, the parking lot was full. So then, of course, I have to go around the block. And this is just funny how timing is. I go around the block, go to where the, the Las Vegas Aces, where their facility is, which is right next door to the Raiders. I park my car there. I'm like, okay, no big deal. As sure as I put my car in park, it starts pouring. It didn't start raining. It started pouring. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know what it was. It was like, all right, hold on. Three, two, one. Okay, go. And then all of a sudden, it came pouring down. Now, look, rain here lasts about, what, 12 seconds? And it did just long enough for me to get from my car to the media room. As soon as I got there, I was like, all right, yes, yeah, that's, that's enough of that. We don't need any more rain. So, yeah, it started off not so hot. Started out pretty rainy. I was kind of concerned at first with the way they was coming down. Wasn't too sure what activities they were going to get done outside. Obviously, with the Niners in town, both both teams can't be on the indoor facility. So I was thinking, well, now the grass is going to be really slippery, and you would hate in training camp for anyone to slip or whatever because of rain, especially the first rain that has happened. So I thought, oh, man, it could be you know a bad situation, or they might have to change up the style a little bit of what they decide to do for practice. But, again, Quick, fast, and in a hurry, it stopped raining, and it dried up pretty quickly, so they were able to have their practice. And, again, a ton of media members that uh, came up from the Bay Area and obviously the media members that are already here locally in Las Vegas. So to say it was packed is probably an understatement of the year. But that's what you expect from joint practices. That's how it was last year when the New England Patriots came to town, and it's the same thing with the 49ers. Of course, it's got a little bit, a little extra edge with it being the 49ers, being in the Bay Area. Uh, one young lady in the in the media for the 49ers came in the, to the media room with a faithful to the Bay t-shirt. I just got a kind of a good laugh out of that one because, I mean, obviously, you know, trying to send messages here and there. It's not as bad as rooted in Oakland, <laughs> right? Not as bad as rooted in Oakland. Don't get me started. Don't get me don't get me going on a bad note already, Ari, man. I just, you know what I mean? I rolled in. I'm feeling good about myself. Don't let me start getting in on a, on a bad note and start going on slogans or bad slogans like that one. <laughs> I didn't say anything. I know. I'm just here. <laughs> I know. I know. Sometimes right, you don't though. have to, right? Sometimes you don't have to say anything. And you can still My get caught up. My look said it all. I'm sure right. you saw. <laughs> no, there's, there's no doubt about it. So, anyway, there was a lot of folks there, which was cool. It was cool to see. And, obviously, seeing another team out there, I think it was really good for the Raiders. And I had a lot of different things I wanted to look for uh, while we were out there today. And, of course, we're going to talk about it throughout the course of the show. But uh, excited for day one to be in the books. I want to see the differences between day one and day two. Obviously, tomorrow they'll have day two, and then the, the preseason game will be on Sunday at Allegiant Stadium. Looking forward to that 
as well. But coming up on the show today, our first guest, Vinny Bonsignor from the RJ and, of course, the Morning Tailgate on Radio Nation Radio 920. Lindsay and Vinny were both out at practice today, so they were able to do the show from uh, the, third floor, the third floor conference room, and then Vinny was out there uh, in, on the sidelines watching practice, and then Lindsay joined us as well. But uh, Vinny will join us to talk all things Raiders practice, what he had his eyes on as opposed to what I had my eyes on and kind of collaborate notes and see where he's at and see what he thought plus uh, what he heard from head coach Josh McDaniels, what he heard from Jimmy Garoppolo, what he heard from Andre James, and what he heard from Max Crosby. So Vinny Bonsignor joins us at 2.30 to talk all things silver and black. At 3 o'clock, our good friend Ari Mayrob from the 33rdteam.com. He'll join us to talk all things NFL. I think I'll still start with the, the situation going on in Washington uh, with, uh, with the head coach Ron Rivera and, of course, offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy, and just kind of his thoughts on that whole scenario when uh, Ron Rivera went out there and, and said what he said about Eric Bieniemy and his coaching style. And I'm telling you, even to a couple days later, Ari, I still am not too sure what the purpose of that was. I actually had someone hit me up, uh, sent me a direct message on Twitter and, was, and said, do you think that Rivera is concerned about his job? And maybe he's putting it out there to kind of put a little heat under Eric Bieniemy. And I thought, I don't think so. I mean, the guy is a well-respected coach. He's been in the league for a long time. I mean, he was really the best thing that Washington had going for him for a very long time, especially while Dan Snyder was still there. They had so much stink on that organization, and the only stick of deodorant was Ron Rivera. So I don't really think so. I still, like I said, I don't know. So that's one of the storylines. We'll obviously ask him about Jonathan Taylor and the situation going on with the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, that seems like to be a story that uh, just won't go away. And we'll talk some preseason action and just different thoughts from Ari Mayrov. Does a really good job covering all things NFL from the 33rd team. Dot com. Then at 3.30, each and every week, we've had a guest from Slam Ball. And we've been at Slam Ball every single week since, since it came back, right? I mean, I was there uh, doing the show, this very show, generated from the site of Slam Ball, leading into the first couple games, right? That, that first Thursday uh, a couple weeks ago and been there many different times. The playoffs are already coming up. The playoffs are next week. So we're going to talk to Ty McGee. Uh, he's from the Wrath, and they've already secured a playoff spot. But now they want to go out there and really get it done, right? They want to go out there and, and kind of increase where they're already slotted to be. So uh, they've got a lot that they're playing for, but it's pretty nice to be knowing that you've already secured a spot in the playoffs. And, oh, by the way, Ty McGee is no slouch. <laughs> Ty McGee is like the leading scorer in slam ball, right? This dude is averaging over 30 points a game. He's put up 43 in a game. He's put up I – mean, he's, he's a monster. And it's funny because – when. <laughs> When I was there for the, uh, for the exhibition, like the last exhibition when I was doing the show before they ever got this whole thing s- situated, and I, I remember saying me and Lil' Q were sitting next to each other, and there was a little bit of a dust-up that happened. Ty McGee was involved in that dust-up, right? And I always I, I kind of wondered, like, man, I'm not too sure about that player because I, I wasn't familiar with him. I kept saying I'm not too sure about that player. And, well, lo and behold, he ends up being one of the best damn players in slam ball. So he's going to join us coming up at 3.30. Around 4 o'clock, you'll hear from head coach Josh McDaniels. You'll hear a little bit from uh, Jimmy G, and you'll hear a little bit from Max Crosby as they met with us earlier. And uh, we got a lot of sound that we want to bring to the table for that. Coming up around 4.30, we'll have reason or excuse like we do each and every day. Ari will hit us with some subjects, and I'll decide if it's a reason or excuse. And, of course, we want you to chime in throughout the course of the show as well at 702-365-9200. And then don't be broke. Dot com text line 69187 keyword r we're getting closer i think it's awesome we're getting closer right i don't i don't have a whole lot of expectations or i don't know what to expect actually that's probably the better way uh to word it we'll get into that coming up in the opening drive but we're getting closer and closer and on sunday there's actually going to be football played inside a legion stadium so <laughs> excited about that 
for sure. So Vinny Bonsignor at 2.30, Ari Mayrov at 3, Ty McGee at 3.30, plenty of sound for Coach McDaniels, Jimmy G, and also Max Crosby. Reason or excuse. And, oh, by the way, it's a loaded summer of fun, so we got winning on the way as well. So you can tell we have a loaded show like we do each and every day. Let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM is brought to you by Paul Law. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery. Before we get into any subject, Keith and Sonora Cali uh, hit us up on the don'tbebroke.com text line. I said, Q, you should have said, hey girl, the Niners don't play in the Bay anymore as well as she, uh, she should have got her mind right. LOL. That's pretty funny because they don't. They play in Santa Clara. <laughs> right? They play in Great America's parking lot. But I don't really get into all the turf wars anymore. I don't really get all hyped up about that. But it was funny when she came bebopping into the little media room with her uh, Faithful to the Bay shirt. I was like, okay, I see I see what kind of party it is. But there was a lot. I got to give a lot of credit, man. There was a lot of 49er media members there uh, today, and I'm sure there will be plenty of them there tomorrow as well. And, of course, on Sunday. Uh, one more quick text. East Bay Raider Gray said, I know I doubt Jimmy G, but I'm glad – he had a good day in camp yesterday and today, and that's East Bay Raider Gray. And yeah, he did, right? I mean, for the most part, Jimmy looked good. Jimmy looked settled in. He looked like the guy that I saw yesterday in the indoor facility where I said he had a really good day. I mean, he, he, looks, he looks the part. He looks comfortable. One of the things I was looking for in practice today was to see if the defense as well was going to continue to look like what we've seen the past few practices, if they were going to still continue to be able to communicate, if they were going to be able to make some plays. Uh, Duke Shelley stepped up and had an interception. Uh, there's been multiple pass breakups. Amik Robertson had a couple pass breakups. I think one of the biggest things, and we'll ask Vinny when we talk to him at 2.30, one of my biggest takeaways from practice today was it wasn't the usual suspects. Right? You know what I mean by that? There's, there's, there's something you could take away from other guys making plays besides just Marcus Peters, Nate Hobbs, Ja'Cory Bennett, Max Crosby. Right? When other guys start stepping up and making plays, like Nesta Jade Silvera, the seventh-round pick, he's a guy that when the Raiders drafted him, and I, 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 will, I swear on, on the Bible, if I had one in front of me right now, I swear on the Bible. The minute he was drafted by the Raiders, I had somebody, a media member, hit me up that covered him in Miami and was like, good player, but he's got knucklehead tendencies. Like sometimes he'll, you know, get into some stuff on the field, this, that, and the other. He might get you a, a you know, a 15-yard penalty, this, that, and the other. So that's what he said. He said, I don't know what to expect from him, but he's got knucklehead tendencies. So I said that. I let it be known because that's what someone who covered him told me. So I said, okay, no problem. So apparently – that 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 like I don't know. Apparently, some some people think that that was like the ultimate disrespect that I said that. And I was like, no, that was just a scouting report. That was what I was told, and I have no problem owning that. Like, hey, that's what I was told. I didn't say he was a bad player. Just said he had some knucklehead tendencies. And what I mean by that is, you know, like I said, an untimely penalty, something that the Raiders have been known to have plenty of times. Right, make good plays, but then all of a sudden do something a little extra, and then all of a sudden you get a penalty. So. I had been hearing rumors that, that the Raiders were pretty happy with where he was at, but today it kind of really stood out to me. Like, Nesta J. Silvera stood out to me today, and not really even in, like, 11-on-11 11 11 or 7-on-7, seven seven, but really in some, some team drills. I was standing there next to Lincoln Kennedy, and we were watching uh, some of the team drills going on, and he just kept making plays. And, and, and again, it wasn't plays where it was 11-on-11, 11 11, but it was just you could see he had a bull rush or he had – a way to penetrate and get to the quarterback, or he was going to be able to stop the run on this certain play. A lot of individual team drills, 
he made some nice, some nice headway with, right? So he looked pretty good. Duke Shelley, as I said, came up with the interception. Amik Robertson, a couple of pass breakups. I just think it was a good day. Byron Young was somebody that Max Crosby pointed out as, hey, man, this dude was out there playing. So Byron Young, you know, he just returned to practice on Sunday uh, for the first time in training camp. So guys like that that we don't come back and talk about every single day was stepping up and make a play. So that, to me, is what stood out to, like, as a good thing, right? You know, okay, he, he's he's – these guys are making plays like a Max Crosby because you expect them to make plays. All these other guys are making plays. You expected them to make plays. Now guys that we might not have been talking about are all of a sudden starting to make plays. I actually had someone on my podcast ask me, all right, what's up with Duke Shelley? What's up with David Long? What's up with this guy, that guy, or the other? And I'm like, man, that room is too deep. They got 11 guys. 11 guys ain't going to make the, the roster. And right now, Duke Shelley has, has been there. He's been out there playing, but that's all he's been doing. So far, David Long has been out there. So far, you know, Brandon Faison, he's injured right now, so he's not out there. So I didn't really have a lot to say about those guys. And as soon as I say that, you know, they haven't done anything, Duke Shelley comes up with a big interception. So there you go. There's, there's that competition, you know, and, and going up against another team as well. But all in all, I mean, you're just looking at the landscape of practice, I think they did well. I think it was a really good practice against a different team. And we know offensively and defensively that 49er team is very talented. And I'll say this. One thing that I don't – it wasn't concern. Concern would be way too big of a word. But one thing that had me on notice as they were warming up, and the 49ers warmed up closer to us. The Raiders were on the far field, the third field, and the 49ers were on the first two. So, like, every video I put out, it was like, man, is Q filming the Niners and that's it? No, it's just that they were closest to us. But, man, those dudes, they were so pumped up to go against somebody else that they came out screaming. It, to me, it felt like it was a game day with those guys. I mean, just the electricity and the energy. When they went from drill to drill, I mean, it's like, woo, yeah, let's get it. Woo, here we go. You know, I mean, but to me, that's game day, right? That's what you do when you're ready for a game. Hell, when I played basketball, that's what I did. I walked up and down the court. I was like, okay, all right, let's go. It's, time. it's, it's a good day to have a good day. Let's, you know what I mean? But that's, that's me. But that's how they were wired. And I said, okay. I'm, I'm noticing the energy. I'm noticing the excitement. I'm noticing the fire from them going through drills, right? And I, I think it's kind of healthy to watch how other teams conduct practice as well. Going through some drills, going through some, some you know, ball, ball security uh, drills and everything, they were very animated. So I said, man, this is going to be interesting. I want to see how this shakes out. And the Raiders weren't as loud. They weren't as animated. They weren't this, that, and the other. So I was like, okay, I want to see if these guys come in with their hair on fire and really try to attack the Raiders. But – I thought the Raiders did a hell of a job. They went about it their own way, but I thought they did a hell of a job. And all that, you know, hollering and yelling and screaming and jumping up and down and high-fiving and hoo-ha and whatever you want to call it, whatever your grandfather would say, <laughs> hippity-hoppity, <laughs> all that good stuff. I mean, it really it went, it went for a whole lot of nothing. It's almost like they got themselves so, so amped up before everything got going that there really wasn't room to, to have and bring that extra energy. So, uh, again, all in all, it's not a day that I say, man, the Raiders were out there dominating or the Niners were out there dominating. But like Ice Cube would say, today was a good day. Simple as that. Today was a good day. 702-365-9200. Squat to Hendo. Henderson, let's talk to Sean. What's up, Sean? Welcome to the show. Hey, Q. Uh, good to talk to you. Um, I'm very optimistic because I feel like we have more competition across the roster, defensive back, defensive line, offensive line, wide receiver room. Um, but the thing that gives me pause is that if Jimmy G gets hurt, you know, chicken salad could turn into chicken you-know-what. Right. And so that scares me. Now, speaking of that, what do you think about 
Trey Lance. I mean, they're getting a good look at him. And if they don't want him, uh, if they don't try and sign him after having him at their facility working out, he, I, I can't imagine uh, he's worth much. But what are what your thoughts are on Trey Lance as a, as a trade target, possibly? Thanks, Q. Hey, thanks, Sean, for the call. Appreciate you, my man. And, look, when it comes to Trey Lance, he's the big unknown, right? As far as I'm concerned, if they were to trade for, for Trey Lance right now, it's almost like trading for Bigfoot, right? You hear how good he could be. We always we read the, the, the tales, but has anybody seen it? Nobody's seen it. And today he was running with the third team. He wasn't even the second team today. He was running with the third team. And when he got in, one of the first things he did, fumble the ball, put the ball on the ground, right? I mean, it's just I don't know. You know, and he might end up being a really good quarterback when it's all said and done. He might end up being a steal because I do ultimately believe that they're going to have to trade him. Right? I mean, you're not going to just have him sitting behind Brock Purdy if Brock Purdy is your guy. I don't think you're going to have him sitting there forever. They're going to have to finally bite the bullet and just say, hey, you know what? We paid a million dollars for it, but we can only get 100000 back. <laughs> right? I mean, it's just, it's, that's just the reality of it. They're not going to get the return on investment. They're not. I mean, it's, it's, like, a, it's like a car. As soon as that left the – the, the, the lot, the, it devalued, and then he got injured and devalued, and then he got injured again and devalued, and he's done a whole lot of nothing, so his value is at an all-time low. So ultimately, he's going to end up getting traded, I believe. I just don't know who takes a chance on him unless you're a team that's super desperate for a quarterback because he's so unknown. I mean, you really you just don't know what he brings to the table and what he's capable of bringing to the table. So I, I, don't, I don't know. I've heard people say that, man, the, the Raiders are going to get a good – Look at him, and maybe they can make a move for him. I was like, is that what you really want? Because you don't know. Hell, you know as much about Aiden O'Connell as you know about him. Only difference is Aiden O'Connell was a fourth-round pick, and Trey Lance was, well, I mean, they had to give up everything to go get him. So I, I don't know. You know, I mean, it's, it's obviously something worth monitoring and paying attention to. Maybe we'll see him in action, and he'll look good on Sunday. And then we can say, oh, well, hey, the, the Raiders got some good looks at him through joint practices. Maybe it's something that they would like to, you know, explore. But right now, I, would, I, wouldn't even, uh, I wouldn't even worry about it because, again, he's, he's a big unknown to me. But I'm glad that you mentioned expectations, Sean. Great job. Great job. Because I got a call uh, on my podcast uh, from Raider Geyer, and he's a, been a guy that's been a, 40, a, a, a fan of the Raiders for 41-plus years, right? Super excited. And for some reason, he's not quite as pumped up this year. Here's a call from Raider Geyer. Check it out. You, uh, I'm not going to take too much time. I just wanted to say real quick, you know, I've been a Raider fan since 1982. And for all my mathematically challenged Raider Nation brothers, that's 41 years. And i got to tell you, Q, this is the first year out of 41 years. I'm not that excited, man. Last year left a bad taste in my mouth without running out and kicking a dead horse. And I don't know what Josh McDaniel, I don't know that he's going to be all that successful in the NFL so far. He has not been. Uh, but like I said, Q, I'm just not excited this year, man. I usually have a bunch of Raider gear by now that I have new Raider gear that I purchased. My wife's usually yelling at me, no more hats, no more jerseys, no more anything. I'm not even going to get the Sunday ticket this year, man. I did that last year, and last, last year was just a royal waste of money considering the product that was put on the field. So, having said all of that, I hope they prove me wrong. I really do. Take care, man. Go Raiders. So that was Raider Geyer. He called my podcast line uh, last night and left a voicemail. And so it got me thinking because – and I've talked about expectations, and I'm the one that's been, you know, right out in front of everyone and said, I don't know what to expect. But it's not a lack of excitement. And so that's kind of where – that's what 
That's what I latched onto when he said he's not that excited. I'm very excited. I'm very excited for another season of football. Hell, I'm excited for football in general. I'm excited that it's back, right? I'm excited that there's a preseason game going on this weekend. Like, I'm, I'm excited about all that. But that, with that being said, I don't know what the expectations should be for this team. Now, the more and more that training camp goes along and the more that I'm starting to see for my own eyes instead of just hearing what everyone from the outside is saying is going to happen or even people from the inside is saying what's going to happen. Now I'm starting to develop an idea of what this team could be or what they could look like. You know, I'll start to I'll start to gauge my expectations by then. But I want to know if you are similar to Raider Geyer and you're not as excited as this up for this upcoming season. Is it a lack of excitement or is it a lack of not knowing what the expectations should be? Because every year, and anytime someone asks me, "Hey, Q, what, what should this? What do you think this team's going to do this year?" I usually have a pretty good answer, even if it's the wrong answer. I, I feel pretty confident in giving them an answer. And this year, I just keep saying, man, I, it's, it's kind of wait and see. I'm not too sure yet, right? I, I see that there's pieces there that I can get excited about and believe in. I like the guys that they brought in on defense. I think that they have a really good offense. But, again, it's all got to come together. The last couple of days with Jimmy, it's come together. It's looked really well, really good. Hunter's been doing well. Jacoby's been doing well. Devontae is Devontae, right? So, I mean, there's enough being said there. DeAndre Carter made a nice catch today, right? I mean, Guys like that are stepping up. Trey Tucker making nice plays today. Uh, the tight ends, not Michael Mayer, but the other tight ends are making plays, right? I mean, it's just there's things to like, but at the same time, you just have to see them when they put it all together and when the lights are on and when it matters. So I ask you, you know, are you – where's your level of excitement? I guess that's the best way to word it. Where's your level of excitement at right now? Or is it still the big unknown? Because to me, it's not, it has nothing to do with excitement. I'm, I'm excited. I'm pumped up. Hell, it's football season. It's go time. Right before you know it, we're going to be talking about who's in the playoffs. And then before you know it, we're going to be like, man, it's time for the draft. It's time for the Super Bowl. You know, all that other stuff. And then it's going to be the offseason. Then we could be talking about pickleball and, you know, and whatever they're playing on the Ocho and cornhole and, you know what I mean, all that stuff. I love this time of year. This is fantastic. It's the busiest time of year, but it's fantastic. It's, it's, it's go time. So I'm excited. The excitement level is never going to change. When, the minute I'm not excited anymore, that's the minute that I probably need to find another job. I probably need to go back to FedEx and, uh, and start delivering boxes again. <laughs> right? So I'm, my excitement level is at a 10. My expectations and, and understanding of the expectations are still a big unknown. But I want to ask you, just throw it out there, kind of gauge where you are right now as far as excitement. How excited are you? Or what does it take to get you excited and fired up? Or when will you get excited and fired up for this upcoming Raiders football season? 702-365-9200 and the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Mailman Raiders said, Q, I tell all my Niner fan friends here in the Bay that if Trey Lance does nothing, he'll be the biggest bust in NFL history for what they gave up. Do I believe that? I don't know. Russell and Leaf are pretty terrible, but I like pissing these Niner fans off, laughing my ass off. That's a good point. But for what, for what they gave up, I mean, at least when the Raiders drafted Jamarcus Russell, they, that was their number one overall pick. It's not like they traded up to go get him. Ryan Leaf, we all know his struggles and what happened with him, but, you know, the Chargers didn't give up, you know, an arm and a leg to go get him, right? I mean, that's the thing about it. The Niners did. They, they saw him and they targeted him, <laughs> right? I mean, that was the guy. That was going to be their, their savior, the next, you know, the next dude for however many years. And it just obviously for one reason or another hasn't worked out. And then all of a sudden now they have a – a former seventh-round pick that was the last pick in the 2022 draft as their starting quarterback. You know, and I, I have questions on him as well just because 
just because I don't know about this injury, right? I don't know about this this elbow injury. I don't know how how healthy that's going to be. I know he's 100% right now. It's what everybody tells us. He's out there taking all the first team reps. I get that. But is it is that the long haul? Is he is he good for the long haul or not? So I think that the the 49ers, they need to, you know, probably keep their insurance where right where it's at. We'll see, but I don't know. We'll see with Brock Purdy. Again, it's so funny because people always tell me, oh, nobody even heard of Brock Purdy. Oh, no, I knew he played at Iowa State, right? I covered the Big 12, so I knew who Brock Purdy was. I remember the day that he, they took off his uh, red shirt and put him in the game. It was against Baylor. You can look it up. David Montgomery was the running back there. I mean, Matt Campbell does a hell of a job there at Iowa State. That's, that's the blessing I had for covering college football for as long as I did that I was able to focus in on, on guys like, like Brock Purdy. But – you know, did I think he was going to, you know, all of a sudden come off the bench and be the guy that he was for San Francisco? No, I didn't think that. But I knew that he was a damn good quarterback from his time at Iowa State. Let's get one quick call, and then we'll go to uh, Vinny Bonsignor, who's going to join us from the RJ. And, of course, Morning Tailgate here on Radio Nation Radio 920, a man that we haven't talked to in a minute who I know is fired up at some point, passionate Raider. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, dude? What's up, Q, man? Here we come again, man. Football season's among us, man, but – Something about this year, Q, I just can't get hyped up like I usually do, man. Okay. I'm standing firm that they're going to have to show me this time before I get the hype because, you know, I've been kicked down the past few years, and <laughs> there's still some things I'm a little sketchy about, but you know what? I'm going to be optimistic. I know Jimmy G is who he is. It, it's, I don't think it was their first choice. I think it was kind of a fallback plan that they didn't have enough to revert to. I'm just hoping that he can come in, stay healthy, and we don't need a Joe Montana back there. We just need someone to manage the game and not make stupid plays. Just manage the game. Make the plays you're supposed to make. Don't turn the ball over and hope this defense is ramped up and fired up. And Max and these boys are going to come out and handle business this year. I, I, I want nothing more but for us to just be competitive, Hugh. Just competitive, man. We don't have to win every game, but let's just be competitive and let's not keep doing the same things we do year in and year out as Raider fans. So until we get a couple of those W's, I'm not bringing the Raider holler out, Q. Thanks okay. for taking my call, man. Love you guys. Have a good day, brother. I appreciate you. There you go. So, hey, you know, passionate Raiders feels a little bit different as well. So, like Raider Geyer, hey, he's not super excited. And you know what? Maybe that's a good thing. Maybe you should be pleasantly surprised, right? Maybe maybe let's keep the uh, the expectations low. The temperament low, and then all of a sudden, maybe they come out and and shock you, and then boom, you're really fired up. I mean, I, look, I don't know, right? I remember back in 2016, I was actually in the Bay Area. It was matter of fact, huh, 2016, I was in the Bay Area the day before Christmas Eve. Well, any Raider fan knows what Christmas Eve was in 2016. That was when Derek Carr broke his ankle at the Coliseum against the Colts. So I was in the radio station. 95-7 the game. I was in the building with Zachariah. We were doing a show together. I had just flown in. He's like, Q, come in and come in the studio. We'll do a show together. All right, boom. I did. So in studio that night, I remember it like it was yesterday. In studio, he's like, Q, they've already exceeded the expectations of the year. So how about everyone just be happy with where they're at? And then, you know, next year they could bounce back and, and really have a hell of a year. And I was like, well, why now? I, they've already exceeded expectations. Why don't they just keep going on to win it? Like, don't, don't slow it down now, right? I didn't think that they'd be where they are now, but look, they're here, so let's roll with it. Let's keep the party rolling. And then, obviously, we know what happened the next day. But, I, I mean, seriously, I, I was like, hey, you know, sometimes it's just about the team that gets hot at the right time. In 2016, the Raiders, I didn't go into that season thinking that they were going to be as good as they were. 
But, man, were they fantastic up until that day at the Coliseum, right? We all know that. And I remember walking out of that. It was me, Mama Q, Little Q, and Little Q. And I remember Littlest Q said, why is everybody so quiet? <laughs> like, it was, it was like you just left a bad church uh, day, right? A bad day at church, and everyone was, like, confused when they left. Why is everybody so quiet? And my other son said, because Derek Carr is out for the season, and the season's over. <laughs> and he was angry. I was like, yeah, well, he's right. You know, I mean, it's just that was, that was it. But the point is, like, a team could get to, you know, exceed expectations. And then at that point, like, hey, man, everything else is you're playing with house money now. Right? Why, why don't you just go with it? Just roll with it. Who, who knows where this thing can stop? So maybe that's what this kind of year is. Don't really have a lot of expectations. There's not a lot of hype, right? Like Raider Geyer and Passionate Raider said, they're not hype right now. But maybe come week 10, week 11, week 12, you're like, whoa, this team is right in the mix of things. This could be good. It very well easily could turn into that. 69187, keyword R&R. And, of course, when we don't have a guest, you can give us a call at 702-365-9200. Where's your excitement level? Where are your expectations level? Let us know about it. It's Raider Nation Radio. 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Brought to you by Paul Padalaw. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery. Yeah, we'll talk about it as we go. Again, anytime you have the joint practices, you have such a great opportunity to get a ton of work in in these next couple days. So I'd say based on how that goes, we're looking at it kind of three days. You know, we've got three great opportunities to work against them, you know, one of which being the game. So we're going to try to divide the repetitions up appropriately and then, you know, see what we need to do on Sunday. It's Unnecessary Roughness. Now, we go inside the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, sponsored by Dos Caras Tequila, and presented by the Realty One Group. Raiders head coach Josh Rudanos right there talking about splitting up reps with the quarterbacks. See what's going to happen on Sunday if Jimmy's going to play. I would be shocked if Jimmy G took the field on Sunday, and I think by Josh Rudanos' follow-up answer, uh, to that question about him playing, I think he'd be shocked to see Jimmy G on Sunday as well. I think we'll see Brian Hoyer for a drive, possibly, and see a lot of Chase Garbers and see a lot of Aiden O'Connell, not necessarily in that order. I threw the question out there on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Uh, how excited are you? Are you, at a, you know, are you at a standstill? Or you know, how are you feeling right now about this Raiders team? You know, is it excitement, lack of excitement? And what are your expectations at this point? I uh, got a tweet that said, uh, this is the most excited I've been in years. We got talent now, and it sounds like they got some swagger in the backfield. That's from Yes We Cancun. I'm not mad at that at all. Join us now on the phone lines is our good friend Vinny Bonsignor from the Morning Tailgate here on Radio Nation Radio 920, of course, the Las Vegas Review Journal as well. And, Vinny, thanks so much for your time. I do appreciate you, my man. And let's start off with uh, the quarterbacks on Sunday. What are your expectations for the quarterback position? Yeah, and I think today was a, uh, a pretty good tell uh, on that. You know, uh, Brian Hoyer and uh, Jimmy uh, Garoppolo, uh, not in that order. It was Jimmy G first, and then Brian Hoyer got, got the majority of the snaps. I don't, I'm not even sure Chase Garbers, at least in the, uh, when they got to the middle field, I don't think I even saw him throw a pass uh, today. So, so I think they're going to divide it up with today and tomorrow with Brian Hoyer and, uh, and Jimmy G getting, you know, most of those first and second team reps. And then probably uh, on Sunday, uh, a combination of, of Aiden O'Connell and and, uh, and Chase. I'm not even sure we'll see Brian Hoyer, but could be surprised. Uh, maybe just let him, uh, you know, get it started uh, for a, a drive or two, and then hand it over to Aiden O'Connell. But I am 
pretty interested to see Aiden uh, commanding the offense and getting out there on the field. Regardless of how it plays out, I think he's going to play a lot of snaps. Yeah, I do too. And so we'll see that obviously up close to personal on a Sunday at Allegiant Stadium. But as far as joint practice number one went today, uh, Jimmy, he had a really good day on Wednesday. I thought he was solid and smooth again today. What were your thoughts on what you saw from Jimmy? Yeah, uh, no doubt about it. And uh, I thought he felt I, I felt like he, he finished it really strong. There was that uh, two-minute drill, and, and he finished it off with completions. Uh, and I think Raider fans should kind of get used to this, uh, to Jacoby, or excuse me, Jacoby Myers. Uh, then Hunter Renfro, uh, then a touchdown to a tight end. Uh, Austin Hooper, who could be, it'll either be Austin or, or Michael Mayer, depending on what the formation is, uh, for the touchdown uh, in the middle of the end zone. So, um, you know, a, a strong finish for him, a good solid day for him uh, to execute that two-minute drill. And if you notice, after the completion to Hunter Renfro, uh, which got him to about the five, they said, let's move it back to the 15-yard line and, and – uh, and, and see what you could do from, from there. And I want to say they made it a fourth down or a third down play, so it was do or die right there. You either got to score the touchdown or it's going to be nothing or a field goal, uh, and he completed the pass for a touchdown. And I think I speak for uh, a lot of people that have been covering this team for a long time. It's been a long time since the Raiders have been good in the red zone. So it was just a practice today, obviously. Uh, but for him to throw that touchdown in that area of the field uh, might be a good sign. You know, you mentioned the other day how fortunate it was that Jimmy was able to get to training camp on day one. Even though it wasn't perfect uh, all the way up until, you know, the last few days or whatever like that, it wasn't perfect. But just because he had to shake that rust off, uh, how much better do you think he'll be by, say, I don't know, uh, the end of next week after they do their scrimmaging with the Rams? Yeah, and I think we've already seen some progress um, if the last few days are indicative uh, of what's really kind of going on. So you got to figure that as long as, you know, the foot keeps healing up and getting better. And, you know, just, just kind of put yourself, not no pun intended, but put yourself, you know, in his cleats right now, in his feet right now. You know, you're coming off uh, a pretty significant injury. Um, you're coming off surgery then in March. You know, it's your foot. It's your base. It's your whole foundation. Um, you know, and, and every little thing you're going to start thinking, is that a thing to be worried about or is that just natural right now? I'm sure there's some... Uh, you know, uh, you know, maybe pain or just discomfort that he's still kind of uh, working his way through, which is natural at this point in the process. So he's already, he's also thinking of that, you know, about the feet and about the foot. In addition to learning a new offense, in addition, in addition to not practicing or playing uh, since early December last year. So there's been a combination of things that he's dealing with. And so you can imagine that there's going to be a little bit of rust, a little bit of rough days. We've seen that. But to your point, the fact that he was able to get out there day one of training camp and kind of work his way through that and continue to work his way through that, uh, then you got to believe, as we've seen these last few days, that progress is going to be made so that by the time they get to the regular season, that entire process may have already been uh, already taken care of. Vinny Bonsignor is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness talking all things Raiders and Niners. Joint practice day one is in the books. And some of the young guys, some of the guys that aren't the usual suspects, the Duke Shelleys, the Nesta Jade Silveras, the Byron Youngs, they all seem like they made plays today, Vinny. How encouraging is that, that it's not the same handful of guys that are stepping up and making some plays? Yeah, no, I think that's really important. And, uh, you know, we had been hearing some things about uh, Nesta Jade Silvera, and then we kind of started locking in on them these last few days, and, and I got to I gotta say, I hadn't really been paying too much attention to him because, you know, it can be overwhelming sometimes in training camp, but after mm -hmm. getting some eyeballs on him, 
for the last few days. I'm like, okay, this guy, there's a little something here. So when we asked Max Max Crosby about him today, um, it felt like, you know, Max isn't going to throw around words if he's not feeling it. He's just not wired that way. Right. Um, and he had some really good things to say about uh, Nesta. And I, you know, you got to, when guys like that start talking to you about the in, in the way that he did, um, start paying attention to players like that because they usually are making the right impression. And as Max said, he feels like he's going to be an important part of this team. So we'll see about all that. But he also mentioned Byron Young. And I, I think, you know, hearing Max talk about it, and, and look, let's face it, he's been the lone wolf yeah. on some pretty bad defenses. And I'm sure he's fed up about that. Um, we're seeing what we're seeing. It's nice to get some validation from what we're seeing from players that are actually on the field and, and guys that aren't just going to give it up for no reason. So to hear Max Crosby sort of talk about what we've what we've been seeing uh, and how excited he is about that and some of the things that he said, like we're not going to be what we were in the past. We're going to be who we are now, and that's a defense that flies around. Like he doesn't just – I'm not – he's not going to just say that, uh, Q, uh, unless he's actually feeling it. Yeah, and that's what I wanted to ask you about was kind of that leadership. I mean, he's telling the guys in the locker room, like, hey, we got 11 dudes on this uh, in the secondary. They ain't all going to be here. We got a deep you know, defensive line room, 18 guys. Y'all ain't going to be here. But he's kind of he's, – he's being real, but he's being encouraging and being that leader. It feels like to me, Vinny, and maybe I'm reading too much into it, that Max is really taking another step, not only from what he does on the field, but now all of a sudden in the locker room and the leadership role as well. Yeah, I don't think there's any question about that. And I think what's really refreshing to him is that it feels like to him he's surrounded by some dudes that think the way he thinks. Right. Um, you know, like right. like when he was talking about Nesta, he's like, you know, it, it goes beyond just being fundamentally sound. You got to have drive. You got to have intensity. You got to be mean. You got to play violent. And he's like, you look at Nesta, and he's all of those things. He's that kind of a dude, and he's doing exactly those types of things. Uh, in practice, and, and, and he, as you mentioned, Byron Young, we haven't even seen Tyree Wilson uh, right. yet, and that's only going to add to it. And what he was saying about Spillane, what he said about Marcus Epps, he's seeing dudes that see the game the way he play it, sees it and plays it the way he plays it. And if you're Max Crosby, you, that's got to give you some level of comfort, but also some level of, of, of confidence that, you know what, this defense might actually truly be turning a corner right now. It, it, man, and I'll tell you what, it's <laughs> Raider Nation would be thrilled to see that defense turn a corner. And it's funny, we were standing in the stands as we were trying to get a better view today, and I looked over and I saw you kind of make the motion of, like, you're cleaning out your eyes or you're wiping your eyes. Like, am I really start? am I seeing what I'm seeing? Are you starting to believe that this defense is turning the corner? I think today was a, a pretty big day along those lines because I know, you know, just, just ourselves talking and hearing other people talking, all right, well, let's see if they could do that now against the 49ers. And yeah. you know what? They did. How many batted balls did we see right. uh, today? That, that, the, the play by Amik Robertson on um, you know, the 49ers' two-minute drill, which followed the Raiders' two-minute drill, kind of the same exact situation. And, uh, and by the way, they moved the ball up to the 15 because they had made some stops earlier. And they just, instead of moving it back to the 15 like they did with the Raiders, who drove to the five, the 49ers didn't even get to the 15. They just put the ball at the 15 to give them an opportunity uh, to try to make a play uh, from that part of the field. And Amik Robertson makes makes the pass breakup. That would have gone for a touchdown had he had he not made the play because it was actually a pretty good throw. So and and watching the the offense on the sidelines cheer like they just won the Super Bowl because you know the offense wants to see that from the defense and obviously vice versa as well. Uh, but how many times have we seen the Raiders' offense go do something good like like they did today? 
in that two-minute drill, only for the defense to give it right back up. Well, in this case, they, they the offense did something really good, and then the defense had their back and turned the 49ers away uh, in the end zone. That, that's, that's the type of stuff that uh, starts flowing through a locker room and, and getting guys excited. Yeah, I'm, I'm starting to become a believer, man. I, and I'll tell you, there's nothing more than I would love to see than the Raiders' defense be a solid unit for the entirety of the year, you know, throughout the course of the season and really help complement what I believe could be a really good Raiders offense. Well, Vinny, we'll get you out on this, man. What will you be looking for tomorrow? Like, we saw a lot today, but tomorrow's tomorrow. So what are you looking for in Raiders-Niners uh, joint practice number two? Well, uh, you know, uh, continued uh, intensity and, and continued efficiency because the fact of the matter is we probably aren't going to see uh, a lot of these guys after tomorrow until next Wednesday um, or next Tuesday, yeah, next Tuesday, I think it is, or Wednesday in Los Angeles against the, uh, against the Rams, practicing against the Rams. Like you, like you were saying, I don't think we're going to see a lot of those starters, if any, um, you know, when they play the 49ers, and then they have a couple of days off. So the next time we see this, those first stringers, it's going to be about a week or so uh, from now. So uh, for, for, the, for the Raiders, tomorrow is the game. Tomorrow is Sunday. So uh, they need to finish it strong uh, and continue doing what they're doing and, and building off of what they've already built. Um, and I think they could feel good about going into the weekend and then hop it on a plane and heading out to L.A. It's going to be interesting. It really will. Well, what are you working on, man? What are you writing about that we should be on the lookout for? You know what? Uh, I got a roll. I'm rolling with Max Crosby and nice. talking about how this isn't what it was in the past. This is something new and it's something different. Those are his words, not ours. We're yep. seeing it. He's saying it, and he's he's starting to talk it. Nice. Well, thank you, Vinny. Great stuff. I'll see you bright and early tomorrow, brother. All right. Sounds good, man. All right, thank you so much. Vinny Boston, you are right there. does a fantastic job at the RJ, the Las Vegas Review-Journal. Of course, you can check him out on Twitter at Vinny Boston, you are, and you can hear him every single morning, 7 to 10 a.m. on the morning tailgate with Clay Baker and Lindsey Brown, again right here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Now, Nesta J. Silvera is a guy that came up a couple times in that conversation. I started off talking about Nesta. Uh, Vinny talked about Nesta. Max talked about Nesta. So why don't we go ahead and let you hear what Max had to say about one Nesta Jade Silvera. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, Nesta's a dog. Um, he's getting after it. I loved him since the first day he came in. Um, he had the attitude. You could just tell, like, he's hungry. And uh, he's just getting better and better. You know, uh, at, when you're a young guy, I, you know, I told literally all the rookies, like, when they came in, technique is one thing, you know, but you can't coach effort. You can't coach attitude. You can't coach the, you know, the, the little things, the little things you see on film, the flying to the ball, the – the the heart the all that the, all those little things and like Ness is one of those guys you can see it clear as day, um, you know obviously he's got things to clean up obviously he has room for improvement just like all of us but you know he's a rookie but the way you stand out is flying to the ball, um, being mean uh, having an attitude and he's one of those guys you know he plays violent uh, he's getting better as a rusher he's getting better against the run um, and he's able to do a lot of things so uh, I love what he's doing I think he's 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 going to be a big you know big time player for us. That's the seventh-round pick that Max Crosby's talking about. Nesta Jade Silvera right there. Again, a guy that I didn't know what to expect. I don't think anybody knew what to expect when the Raiders drafted him, but right now he's showing up on film, and he's making, he's making some noise and making a name for himself. One more soundbite from Mad Max Crosby, and then we'll take a break. And Vinny mentioned it a couple times. Different things are happening for this Raiders defense. Again, like Vinny said, not our words, his. No question. You know, uh, obviously uh, bringing Marcus in, uh, Peters, he's – an elite, you know, ball hawk, and uh, you can see that every single day. You got, I think, you got another pick today. Uh, 
he's just one of those guys that's, that's super sticky and he he has great instincts. And then you got Epps, you got uh, Timo, those two, you know, are just on the same page at all times. Uh, and uh, and then you got a young guy like Jacorian coming in, getting getting first team reps, and he's got no choice. You know, you got three great players out there. You got to step up and, and show up. So I just love what they're doing on the back end. They're they're getting confidence together. They're growing, and uh, you know, it bleeds down to the whole defense. I think you know, obviously, it starts up front. We bring pressure, um, and quarterback can't hold the ball, so DBs know that, and uh, they're breaking and, and not thinking or second guessing themselves. So it all goes together. And then, like I said, you can't leave out the linebackers either. Spillane is a freaking dog. He's he's going crazy. Um, you got uh, Diablo, uh, Masterson, all those guys. You know they're playing hard and getting better and better. So it's it's exciting. I was going to save those sound bites for a little bit later on the show, but since Vinny brought it up and we started talking about it, it was only made sense to hear about Nesta J. Silvera and his presence and also the different things happening with this Raiders defense. 248 is the time. We'll come back, get to a bunch of your texts. we got like 15, 16, almost 20 of them right now. We'll get as many in as possible. This is Raiders Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. We've been talking about excitement and expectations here on the show. Matter of fact, it's a good title right there. Excitement and expectations here on Unnecessary Roughness. Radio Nation Radio 920. We just talked to Vinny Bonsignor. We just heard from Mad Max Crosby. Mike hit us up on Twitter. What up, Q? If listening to Max doesn't get you excited, then you need to get checked. I'm getting excited about this team and especially the D. Let's go Raiders. That's from my man Mike. And, yeah, Max has a way of – and this is why I say he's, he has an infectious personality. He has a way of getting you excited by what he says and the way he says it and as a matter of fact. Literally, when he walked by me at the practice facility last Saturday – not Saturday. Yeah, Saturday. It was last Saturday. He was coming out the cold box. He said, how you doing? I said, I'm good. How are you? And he said, we're going to be good. Just looking at me, telling me we're going to be good. I'm like, okay. All right. Like, there's no reason to BS me, right? There's no reason. It's not like I was on the air live, like, okay, I'm going to go, whatever. I mean, he's, that's how he feels. That's what he believes. He's been saying it since day one that they've got some dogs. So, uh, again, we've been talking about excitement and expectations. Uh, East Bay Raider Gray said, amen to Raider Geyer. I've been a fan all my life. I'm 48 years old, and like Raider Geyer, I'm not that excited for this year. And for the first time, I don't have much hope, if any at all. Sorry to sound so pessimistic, but there's too much unknown, and it doesn't look like it's that great right now. I could be wrong. Hope I'm wrong. That's East Bay Raider Gray. And that's the thing. That's kind of my answer to uh, East, uh, not East Bay Raider Gray, but to Raider Geyer. I don't think it's lack of excitement. I think it's just so many questions, and you don't have the answers to them yet, right? I mean, I, I feel like, to me, there's a difference. But that that's, could just be me. But I feel like there's a difference. But I understand where you're coming from, and that's the good thing about it. The Raiders go out there and do what you don't expect. That makes that excitement level that much higher. One more, and then we'll take a break. Q and Ari, what's good? My level is 100. I'm excited for this season. We got to see a new quarterback out of center. Sounds like players are being themselves and having fun. Now that fans are not excited, now the fans that are not excited or don't care for this year are all fans of the previous quarterback. And just because of that, they refuse to give it a chance. Really sad. That's from El Paso Raider. And I don't even know if it's that. I just think it's a lot of, of, of unknown. Like, there's a lot of questions out there that haven't been answered yet, right? And obviously, when you haven't seen a quarterback, a different quarterback for nine years, you don't know how that's going to translate. You don't know what it's going to look like. When you haven't seen a really good Raider defense in a very long time, you don't know how these guys are going to come together. You don't know if Josh McDaniels is going to be able to lead these guys to win a bunch of games because he hasn't done it yet. So, I mean, I think there's just so many questions out there. It leaves people with having more unknown than less excitement. Ari May Rob's up next. It's Radio 920.